for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning The topics are flowing every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow stock Movie talk on the boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining, turn up the station There's no more waiting, the show is beginning It's too late to escape, let's go Here's your host, Greg This is where we share the gospel of Carrasco and Slacker Nation here with my buddy Kane Sapin. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And Ken, by my side here for almost a year now. Damn, time is flying, Ken. What is happening? Uh, another beautiful day. Oh, man, it's been a, yeah, it's been a, a year that's flown by, to be honest. Um <laughs> Surpri- always surprised when I think about the amount of shows. It's like we're at 40 plus now. So every Saturday morning, Slacker Nation congregates here with myself and uh, Greg. Got some big announcements for Slacker Nation today. Uh, some big announcements coming down from your uh, buddy at the head of Ontario this week that the lockdown's extended. I'm kind of in the camp where uh, we've been you in it my for buddy? this two. You, you did say that, right? You said my... <laughs> from, 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 from your boy. Uh, I don't well, know, have... man. Look. Uh, all right, we should say, uh, we, should we say friend of the show since we've had him on a couple times? Uh, you know, the, the reality is this, that um, we need to hold our politicians accountable. We need to hold our provincial and our federal politicians accountable. And uh, I'm sorry, man, but right now, Ontario is one of the absolute worst jurisdictions in north america are we not <laughs> there you go ben <laughs> but right on cue nice to see that technical producer ben mcclennan oh, is no. uh, right on point this morning but yeah it's like i don't want to get too deep so, into it usually we try to keep a little bit of levity this is uh, the largest automotive show in canada <laughs> we've got a lot of big car announcements i just felt the need to address this right out of the gate to get it off of my chest because obviously it's been the buzz of the gta that the lockdown got extended up to june 2nd uh, the golfers are still very upset because all the golf courses are still closed big to the shout GTA. Out. yeah ben, yeah ben a can big you give shout us our out thoughts to the golfers ben, i know it's our, ben's a big golfer what can you give us our thoughts on the golf lockdown extension ben i'll try and keep it uh family friendly but uh Please do. Certainly, certainly not happy to say to say the very least. It it just it as somebody who who not only plays but works at a course over the summer. I was I was working close to five days a week at a course last summer throughout COVID, and not one scare at our at our course the entire time, and not a scare from any of the other courses in our in our golf group. Um, but the beer is certainly bad. frustrating. Yeah, all the. Everybody the, carpooling and, and having pops after is the dollar, uh, too much Everybody's carpooling and having the dollar beers is the problem. I, Not a problem When I whatsoever. heard that, I, could, I just shook my head in, in disbelief. Like, <laughs> seriously? 
<laughs> so Ontario, the People's Republic of Ontario, golf illegal, restaurants illegal, gyms illegal, martial arts schools illegal. I, I wonder where this is going to end. And uh, I'm going to repeat something that I said a couple of weeks back, and anyone that knows me will hear me say this. If lockdowns work, why are we doing another one? And if lockdowns don't work, why are we doing another one? We need to stop the madness. Uh, I, Because I'm involved in the small business community in southern Ontario, this is eviscerating lives. <laughs> people, people are losing their entire livelihood right now in Ontario. And uh, as much as people say, oh, yeah, we care about the small business. Yes, we care about this and we care about that and we're going to do this together. Just cut it out. Stop it. Somebody dropped the ball. And it was a series of people here and we find ourselves in... It's, it's May. It's May of 2021 and we are still locked down. You know, and you watch. They're going to continue with the lockdown after uh, June the 2nd or the 3rd. When, when is it that they, uh, they announced it's going to be this, the June, end of June the June 2nd. Yeah, June 2nd. If you think for a second that that's the actual day that the province is going to get opened up, you have drunk the Kool-Aid, my friend, because that, that ain't happening. What See, do you I think? At... Let's make a bet. Do you think they're going to open? Uh, I think that maybe other jurisdictions outside of the GTA may. I think that likely... I'm talking in GTA. The, yeah, no, it, no, down, right downtown, no chance. I've been watching them say, oh, two weeks to a month. Uh, obviously, we talk about it all the time. I work in hospitality, so we've been you know, refreshing the feed and updating you know, the new rules and stipulations basically on a week-by-week -week basis this whole time. And pretty much since they put the last lockdown into effect, which I believe was in in November when they originally started. Mm -hmm. They've basically been pushing it two weeks ever since. I know there was that one little weird thing where they kind of were like, all right, we're good to go, and then two weeks later they shut it down again. But, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it, and at this point I don't see any evidence that would demonstrate that we're going to be ready to reopen anything by June 2nd. The time has come, folks. You know, somebody needs to say something, and it can't be me because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people. I don't saying want the stuff. backlash of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time? yeah. To be fair, there's a lot of people saying stuff. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, there's it's need, true. There's need to be more. There's got to be more. You know, more people need to be saying things right now. And unfortunately, the um, you know the, the the current narrative right now is just. If you say anything that doesn't fall within the guidelines of what's being pushed by the government, you are like, you know, you're a denier, you're an anti-vaxxer, you are all sorts of different things that you, is getting associated with just having a little bit of common sense. Like, come on, folks, this is not helping. This is not helping. You know, mental health has declined so dramatically across the country for the last year and a half that I, I think that the repercussions of this lockdowns, infinite lockdowns are going to be felt for years and years and years and years. Uh, but anyways, you know, I, uh, my, my thoughts go out to all the small business owners in southern Ontario and everybody that's been locked down in, in, you know, in, in their houses for a year and a half with nothing to do and going nuts, driving their family crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was looking at buying some bumper plates to bring to the house because I need to get under some heavy weights, man. I haven't done squatting in, I don't know, over a year and a half. What is this nonsense? I was so on the I same need to page. put something heavy on top. What's that? 
I'm on the same page, Greg. I've uh, been looking around trying to find uh, just like a normal set of plates. Nothing like overly heavy. It's like I'm not going to be doing, you know, I'm not going to be buying a squat rack and be doing, you know, 350 pounds like in uh, my spare bedroom. But just something to I warm up with that weight, Ken. Come on, what's wrong with you? I'm double your age. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm not <laughs> setting that up at home in my house. Are you nuts? <laughs> I, I need I need uh, to be setting up a full home gym, but just something to stay active. You know when when I uh, when I owned a CrossFit gym in Mississauga, who my buddy Dennis and his wife Rachel now own Full Metal CrossFit. Folks, you need to support these operations. You know Full Metal CrossFit, Element CrossFit, both in Mississauga. They are awesome people. But anyways, when I when I owned the gym, I remember buying bumper plates just just for the gym. And at the time, I think they used to be maybe fifty cents per pound. Now they are $2.50 a pound. If you go on Amazon right now and you want to buy a 45-pound bumper plate, it's going to cost you $216 plus tax, which is going to bring you almost to $250 for a 45-pound plate. That's insane. I know that this is very esoteric, folk, but <laughs> this is what's happening right now. We are not allowed to get healthy. We're not allowed to stay healthy. And I don't want to go down this path. I'm going to yeah. just get in a bad mood. And it was, you know, it was a, no, it wasn't a good morning. But, you know, I, I, I came with a pretty good predisposition. Thank you, Ken, for just hey, listen, changing my I mood. I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's always the elephant in the room when these orders come down from the province because it's what people are talking about. It's been buzzing around all week. But we should remind you that the show is the largest automotive show in Canada. And it's sponsored by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, who have some really tremendous deals coming up here, Greg. We we do. Thank you for uh, keeping me true to my uh, my purpose, Ken. I really appreciate that. Thank That's you. why I'm here, Greg. Uh, you know, <laughs> If you uh, if if you have anything to say in relation to what we talk about today, call us four one six eight seven zero ten fifty is the phone number, and uh, you can follow us on social media at Greg Carrasco on just about every single platform except TikTok because TikTok is for morons. And uh, but I don't want to get into that either. So <laughs> I uh, did I just say that on the radio? Yeah, I, I think I just did. But anyways, today <laughs> is a pretty big day, folks. Because <laughs> Lucky enough. Lucky we, enough. Um, Lucky enough, most of the people who use TikTok don't know what radio is. Uh, that is that is true. They don't know what conversation is. They don't know what it is that they do, uh, what happens to people when you have an actual real conversation. But, you know, the this was supposed to be a, a pretty special show for me this morning. Uh, and the reason why I say this is that, you know, after almost 30 years in the industry, um, I, via... Observation. Just this is just empirical observation. Um, there are some common trends that happen uh, at car dealerships when you ask consumers why is it that you hate going to car dealerships when whenever you need to buy a car, new or used, doesn't matter. New car dealership, used car dealership. Why do you detest? Why do you have so much contempt for a car dealership? Uh, when given that most information today is available for the general population, I mean, it's 2021, all you need to go and, and, and type in Google, and Google would tell you pretty much everything and anything that you need to hear or you want to hear. So when it comes to safety and information and transparency, if you, if you do make a mistake, it's a decision that you made. It's not something that is intentional anymore. And the reality is this, folks, that in in the era of the cancel culture, in the era in the era of social media, dealers are going to try to stay as far away from anything that would be considered questionable. 
dealers just won't do it. I mean, I'm talking about uh, ethical dealerships. I'm talking about the actual dealerships that are trying to improve their operations on a day-to-day basis by, you know, improving customer experience, by improving the processes and systems they have in place in order for them to look after you. So I think that today it has never been safer to buy a vehicle. Saying that, there are still some things that people have some apprehension in relation to buying a car at a car dealership. And today, I wanted to share with you some of the, some of the top things that people fear when they think about buying a car. And I'm going to teach you how to fight them. I'm going to teach you how to address them. I'm going to teach you how to avoid them. And I'm going to teach you that there is a new system that we put in place at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, which is the first one in the country. Now, you have probably heard bits and pieces from different car groups, different dealerships, and from myself over the years. But for the first time in Canada, I have comprised a set of rules that we put in place for you when you come to any one of my stores that is going to completely eliminate whatever fears and apprehensions you may have about buying a car. And we've called this the freedom promise. We're going to liberate you from all these preconceived notions, from all these fears, from all these um, myths that have been around the car industry for so many years. And you need to stay tuned because in the next 45 minutes or so, before Money Mike comes on, uh, online with us here, I'm going to talk to you about the things that people fear most. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And for the month of May, we are stepping it up a notch. And this is what we're doing for you. If you trade in a Honda, yes, this is an Oakville Nissan. But if you trade in your Honda, we will give you a seven-year prepay maintenance just because you're trading in your Honda to us. And if you don't buy a vehicle from us, we will still appraise your car and give you a number that you can rely on. So if you trade that vehicle anywhere else, you will never have to overpay. Now... For the luxury drivers, if you're driving a German luxury automobile, whether it's a Mercedes, an Audi, a BMW, and you trade it in and upgrade to an Infiniti, we will include a four-year prepaid maintenance. Nobody else is doing that. And this is Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infiniti. Call us, 416-870-1050. Let's take a small break, and we'll be right back. Folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen. And this morning, at least from the next hour, we usually hold a sales meeting uh, that pertains mostly to the car industry. But uh, this thing can be applied, the principles that we talk uh, here in the morning uh, can be applied to just about any industry. Um, saying that, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what is it that makes people apprehensive? about doing business with a car dealership. And if you have a, a comment on this, call us. 416-870-1050 is the number to call. And that whatever that is, call me. I'll, I'll try to help you out and see if I can shed some light in, uh, in, in your perspective, perhaps on the perspective of the dealership, and uh, to save you some headaches, to save you some aggravation, to save you some heartache that happens sometimes when you go into, the, into a car dealership. And it mostly happens because of unrealistic expectations or not having the clarity that you need to have when you walk into a store. Ken, if you had to think of a few things that are that I don't have here in, in the copulation that, that would make you apprehensive from going into a car dealership, what do you think are, are the first two or three things that come to mind? And Ben, and I want you to think about that as well because you are part of a new generation. So, you know, maybe the the ideas that were, you know, inculcated into, you know, I would say, 
Generation X. You guys don't have it anymore. So what are some of the apprehensions that you have in relation to car dealerships, Ken? Uh, the first one, I think, is a pretty common one. It would just be paying too much or getting a bad deal from the dealership. And it, we talk about it all the time. You do have the consumer being um, the person that we're talking about here has more information now at their fingertips than they have in the past. And they do more research now than they have in the past. So in a way, that makes it more difficult to take advantage, of, be taken advantage of. But at the same time, that's always going to be a big worry for the consumer. Um, the other thing would be buying a product that then is going to be defunct or dysfunctional. Uh, we talk about used car sales all the time, private sales, and uh, how dangerous those can be for the consumer. If you are going to go buy a car, whether it's a used car from a dealership, whether it's a used car for a consumer, there would be a perpetual fear for me that you know, you're going to get 5,000 kilometers, 10,000 kilometers down the road, and then you're going to end up having a major mechanical problem. And then you're going to be out of pocket for you know thousands of dollars of repair expenses and kind of be stuck. So I think those would be the two biggest apprehensions for me, buying a new or used car from a dealership or a private sale. What about you, Ben? What are your thoughts on this? Um, as I, me personally, I've, I've never bought a car myself. Um, you know, financial position I'm in, whatnot, is I'm just not there at the moment. But I know in terms of like a company, a comp, ah, excuse me, accompanying my uh, my parents as a kid when they go to purchase their new cars and whatnot. The, it, it was. It wasn't so much the dealership. It was always who you were dealing with that made the difference. Um, I think some people have had negative experiences with with certain dealers, and and they try and paint that image on um, on all car salesmen and, and dealerships, and you know, kind of just paints a bad look. You know, I, I think I, I think I understand that. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is that if you go into a car dealership and you don't like the person that you're dealing with, you are well within your right to say, you know, do you mind if I speak to someone else? This is nothing personal, but it's a pretty big purchase for me to feel uncomfortable. So I, I think that for some reason, consumers don't think that they have the ability or the, uh, the, they have the right to demand uh, someone that they feel comfortable with. You know, this is pretty basic uh, self-awareness stuff that you need to have when you go into a car dealership, you know. And looking at it from you know from my perspective as a, as a car person for so long, and trying to teach the consumer here the intricacies, the ins and outs of the car industry, you know, from you know from an honest approach. And I I, I try to keep this pretty objective. And as many of you have heard me say many 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 times before, if my mom was asking calling the show and asking me a question, what would I tell mom? And uh, I always I assume that mom is listening, and, and I try to explain this in a way that makes sense, because I can get into technicalities of the car industry that nobody cares about, like really nobody cares about. Um, but the dealers, dealerships as, as, a, as a corporation is a very complex machine that you need to have your ratio so tight, so close in order for, the, for a dealership to work properly, that that is not something that we can talk on the radio to the general population, nobody cares. A lot of people don't care about car dealerships because of that reputation that was set in stone so many, so many years ago. And you know, and this is speaking from my perspective, Ken, uh, you know, if I can get your attention on this, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people make, and you know, and I'm gonna go over all of this in a few minutes here, the biggest mistake that people make is to 
believe the illusion that negotiation is good for them. They have deep, deeply ingrained in their psyche that they must negotiate with a car dealership and that's the only way that they can guarantee that they will not pay too much. There is only one giant caveat that nobody wants to talk about. You see, when does a salesperson win a negotiation? Always. When? But I mean, when is the ultimate, when is the climax of that win? When is the climax when, of that triumph? When you sign on the dotted line and you know that they, you sold the car and the contract, is everything's locked in. That's the point when, you, the, when the deal's done, basically. So, you know, right there, folks, and, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting you in the spot on this, Ken. This is true. That is the spot right there when the salesperson wins. They won the negotiation. The irony behind this is that when does the customer feel that they won the negotiation? <laughs> well, likely at the same period of time, because if the customer didn't feel that they won, <laughs> then they wouldn't be signing. So, you know, let me ask you something. When you have two people struggling with something here, when was the last time that you saw two winners? Uh, probably, um, when I was at my cousin's soccer game <laughs> and, uh, they're, they're too, they're too young. Participation medal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're too young to really be, uh, concerned with keeping score, whether uh, you agree with that or not. It's uh, one way or the other. And I think everybody knows who, who the winner is, but, um, yeah, it's a, that's probably the last time, but I think now the way that the industry is trending and certainly at Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity, there can be winners on both sides, and the consumer can feel good about the deal that they're getting and the price that they pay for products that they need because of the programs that are in place. Well, you know, this is something that, you know, that we're trying to, and we'll disclose this in a couple of minutes now. I just got an email from Lou Skisa saying that he still have the same phone problem. I just, uh, if Ben can have a look at that. But, yeah, uh, well, you know, we tested the lines back, before we got on the air, so I don't know what, Lou, what Lou's issue is. We'll definitely look into he it. He lives but... in a bunker. Uh, yeah, I, I connected to the phone lines right before the program, and we had no issue. So we'll definitely look into that. The you know going back to what I was saying here before, the, the very same moment in which the salesperson thinks that they won the negotiation is the exact same moment in which the customer feels that they won the negotiation. And and then you would hear people say, "Well, it's a win-win situation." No, it's not, because if the dealership didn't win, they wouldn't have sold you the car. And and I find it comical sometimes when I hear people, oh, yeah, last time I negotiated, I kept the dealer for five, six hours there, and I just took everything out of them. That's not the way it works, folks. The dealership kept you there for four, five, six hours, and they took every single penny that was left in your pocket. And only then, and only then, they decided to sell the vehicle to you. So negotiation is an illusion. you got to remember this, folks, that every single car manufacturer, has a specific profit margin. And in Canada, it varies between 7.5% to 9.5%. That's approximately the range of profit that most dealerships have at the retail level. Now, from time to time, car manufacturers will come up with programs that we are obligated to give to you, so they're not even part of this. We, we, we have to give you these incentives that come from the manufacturer. So once you start reducing the amount of 
leeway that you have to negotiate from one dealership to another, to another, to another. You know, it's very simple for you to understand that sometimes negotiation is not the best thing to do. So, you know, the, the number, to start with the things that people feel as apprehension when they, they walk into a car dealership, according to my perspective, is number one here is being upsold. Being upsold is, is one of the most common fears that people have when they walk into a car dealership. And uh, how do you fight this? This is a very simple exercise, folks. Before you leave your house, you need to set a budget. <laughs> That's the reason why budgets are there. If you buy more, if you spend more, it's a decision that you made. It's not something that has this superpower over you and they, it's like you're looking at Medusa's eyes and, and you cannot control yourself. Uh, oh, I was upsold today. You're not a victim. You are not a victim. You, you cannot walk into a car dealership with the mentality of a victim saying, this is something, this is an unfriendly territory. This is something that's going to happen to me. Because a lot of people think this, that car dealerships are something that happened to people. It is not anymore. So how do you do this? How do you stop yourself from being upsold? Set a budget, period. If you want to spend $500 a month, leave $400 for the car, leave $100 for protection, whether it's an extended warranty, lease and protection, anything that you choose to use to protect that vehicle, because I hope you keep it for a long time. That's the way that you save money. But you need to set that budget. Next, being sold products that you don't need. Ken, when was the last time somebody sold you something that you didn't need? <laughs> uh, the last time I logged <laughs> onto Amazon, probably. No, it happens all the time, and especially when you're looking to buy a new car or you go into the dealership, uh, we talk about all the services that are offered, whether it's you know the rust protection, whether it's you know the clear coats to protect the paint. Uh, there's going to be a number of options available to the consumer to either upgrade the product or protect their product. Uh, and you have to understand which products are essential for your happiness and which aren't. And that goes for the maintenance and protection of your car but also understanding the features that you want on your car. If you recall a little while back, Greg, we had a caller who uh, called the show and was talking about how he was looking at a car, but the car didn't have leather seats. And he was really hung mm -hmm. up on the leather seats, the fact that the car didn't have them, and saying, well, I love the <clears> car, but like this is a really important feature to me. If it's important to you, then don't compromise. Work that into your budget and understand what it's going to cost you. Because you shouldn't be buying something that's going to make you unhappy. But having said that, understand which features are going to be important and don't buy something that you don't need if it's going to be outside of your budget. Okay, so here is the question. I'm going to ask the same question again. You know, when was the last time you went to Amazon and you were sold something that you didn't need? It doesn't happen. It yeah. does not happen. You cannot go into Amazon and Amazon sell you stuff that you don't need. It's always a choice. It is always a choice, folks. When you walk into a car dealership, you need to have a clear understanding of what you think your needs are in relation to your vehicle, the protection of that vehicle, the maintenance of that vehicle. And if you have those parameters set, then no one could offer anything to you that is not going to be needed because you have preset those parameters. So it is very important, folks, that you understand what you're doing before you leave your home and you walk into a car dealership. Because, you know, it's car, new cars are like, like babies. You know, you want to protect them. You do want to do everything to them. You know, it's, it's, and it's okay. 
but you need to understand what the level of risk you want to have with that car. Some people can afford to have a six, $7,000 repair and just go into their savings accounts and pay cash for it. Most people don't. So on that basis, you need to make sure that you have enough protection to make sure that you're okay. We have a caller here. Who do we have on the line, Ken? Let's go to Stephen from Toronto. Stephen, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. How can Hi, I Greg. make your life um, better, Stephen? How are you today? Huh? Como estas? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> muy bien, muy bien. Muy, muy bien. <laughs> Greg, I just want to pay, uh, pay you the ultimate compliment. Um, I lived in France as a student in 1980, trying to learn French, and... Uh, it's not easy to learn another language, so my hat's off to you with, um, if you don't mind my saying to you, the, the fact you speak English so well. I wish I spoke Spanish the way you speak English. Anyways, Greg, I've got three questions for you, please, if I could, because I think yes. you're a wonderful person. I, I really enjoy your program. Um, Many people will challenge that, uh, that view of me, uh, Steve, you know, believe me. Some well, people really close to me will challenge that. <laughs> well, I'm sure Justin Trudeau would feel the same, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Greg, could I please ask you three things I could? If, I know you got a couple yeah, of go dollars, so here we go. The, the microchip question, the shortage yeah. of, the second yeah. about uh, in personal insurance, if you're in a, a, injured in a major car accident, 10 years yeah. ago, I was in a major car accident. I was a really good driver, never thought I'd be in an accident. I only had a million dollars coverage. I'm lucky, and I'm very lucky that the million dollar coverage was enough. But in hindsight, if I'd known that I was going to be in a major car accident, probably $2 million. And Greg, just quickly, I know you guys mm-hmm. laughed it off about, I called you about a month and a half ago. There's a super, super product out there, and I won't mention the name, but I talked to you about glutathione. Now, you're the sports guy. If there's 27 books written about glutathione, and the man who co-discovered the virus, which has killed 40 million people, his name, his name is Dr. Luc Montagnier. He got the Nobel Prize for medicine for discovering a virus which has killed 40 million people. And the word glutathione, 27 books written on glutathione. I'd like no, to hear your opinion, if I could, please. Yeah, thank you so much for the phone call, Steve. I I really appreciate it. And I remember last time when you called, you threw this one on left field for me. So I I, I really don't know anything about that. And uh, you, you know, you have opinions perhaps, on the glutathione. <laughs> I I don't have any opinions on that. I I try to have some sort of educated opinion on most of the things that I talk about. Um, you know, especially when it comes to politics, but uh, uh, I, I can't really comment on that until I read. You know, I'm going to I'm going to humor Steve and during this week. I'm going to try to just read a couple of things about that and then we can discuss it. Uh, but thank you so much for the phone call, Steve. Uh, in relation to the microchips, I don't think that people understand the tremendous shortage of vehicles that are, is going to happen in southern Ontario and across the country. Uh, the production for all car manufacturers has been severely cut down. And uh, if you are looking at buying a vehicle, folks, you better come down soon because prices are going to go up. you got to remember that you know the prices are always a reflection of the demand. And the demand of new cars and used cars is going to go up so high that all those discounts that are being offered to you right now are going to disappear come June, July, and August. So, folks, if you're listening to the show, this is not a scare tactic. I'm, I'm telling you this because right now dealers are not even dealer trading with one another. So, for example, if you buy a vehicle from me and I don't have it in stock and I call another dealer to trade, they're not giving them up because everybody is hanging on to the product for dear life. Uh, what was the second question that he had? Do you remember? Uh, about the it was regarding the insurance of car crashes. He he mentioned oh, that yes. he had better yeah, no, no, I understand car that. crash himself. Um, I, I think that uh, you know, $1 million is certainly um, 
is is up there, but it's not enough. I think that uh, in in the litigious society that we live in right now, uh, anyone that is they can find an edge to uh, gain uh, you know some sort of compensation for whatever happens is uh, it will they will take it. Uh, I I think that those uh, the insurance should be covered by a higher uh, amount for the liability exposure. But you know, I need an insurance broker on the show. And yesterday I was talking to one. The Slacker Nation, is, you know, the show is heard by tens of thousands of people here every single weekend, and uh, I need somebody uh, from a an insurance brokerage. Uh, I I try to talk to my broker, but he doesn't talk to me anymore, and I got totally turned off by him. He doesn't even respond to my phone calls. He only responds by emails like he got too big, and I don't like that. So, you know, if there is an actual real insurance broker, call me, and we can we can talk about being on the show here. Uh, but uh, I do think that it may not be a bad idea to have $2 million worth of liability in your in your vehicle insurance. Uh, and speaking this from personal experience, our company did away with demos, so we don't have company vehicles anymore uh, because our insurance company rates are deductible to $50,000, unheard of. But, you know, we seem to be special. So <laughs> for the first time in my life, I have my own insurance. It's, it's messed up um, that I have to work so many years in the car industry for having to buy insurance on my own now. But anyways, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Uh, the third apprehension that people have when they come into a dealership is dealer not disclosing all the information as it pertains to a vehicle, whether it's a collision, whether it's a repair, whether it's a repaint, uh, whether it's the, the, the maintenance schedules and whatnot and what the previous customer did. Um, what I can tell you today is the following, that if, if the vehicle has been in a collision that is anything over $1,500, we are obligated by law to provide the documentation to you. Now, we are not obligated to give you the maintenance information because that has a lot of private information from the previous owner. So there is a privacy act here. You know, if, if somebody came and bought a vehicle that you traded in, you wouldn't want us to disclose all your personal information. Nor you would want the new owner to be calling you at home saying, hey, why didn't you change the oil you know, 25,000 kilometers ago? That's insane. But you see, the moment that you buy the vehicle from a dealership, that is the moment the dealership takes full responsibility of the performance of the car from that moment forward. So you are very, very safe. Now, if at any point you ask information that is straight up denied to you, just walk out. That's not a dealer that you want to do business with. So don't. You don't have to stay there, folks. So you always have the decision. Next one, pay him more than you should. And this goes up to the first point that I was talking about earlier of being absold. Paying more than you should is very, very easily sold. Have a budget. If you have a budget, it's going to eliminate a lot of the risk that you have when you walk into a car dealership. Then you have to allow that budget to have a portion for the vehicle and a portion from protection. You need to have protection on your car, folks. It is imperative that you think about the things that I'm telling you here. And look, the chances are that you're not going to come to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. I hope you do, but if you don't, it, this doesn't, it doesn't matter to me where you go. Whether you're buying a Honda, a Toyota, a Hyundai, a Kia, which are killing it right now. Get yourself an extended warranty or a lease and protection. You have no idea the amount of headaches that I am actually saving you. We're going to take a small break, folks. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no-commission salespeople. And we are working towards giving you something that will be announced today on the show that is going to literally change the way car dealerships sell vehicles. 
We'll take a small break. We'll be right back. Uh, we are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. And for the month of May, if you trade in a Honda at Oakville Nissan, yes, you heard that right. If you're driving a Honda and you trade it in at Oakville Nissan, just because you're trading in a Honda, we will give you a seven-year prepay maintenance. No one else is doing this. So seven-year prepay maintenance at Oakville Nissan, when you trade in your Honda, we will give you more than your Honda dealership is going to give you. That's insane. So you can literally just compare the, the two dealerships, the, the two brands. Come down to Oakville Nissan, and we will take your Honda off your hands, and you can upgrade to a Nissan. I'm joking. Honda's a phenomenal product. That's what we're buying them. Um, and we will give you a seven-year prepay maintenance. And if you don't buy a vehicle from us, we'll appraise your car. At least you leave the store with a market valuation for your trading. So no one gives you too little. And if you're driving luxury cars, whether it's a Mercedes, an Audi, or a BMW, and you upgrade to an Infiniti, we will include a four-year prepay maintenance. Nobody else is doing this. We're doing it for you because we want you to experience what we're doing at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And you know, this hour went by so fast, so fast. I, I can't believe that it's already 8.47. And uh, I wanted to get through all these apprehensions that we had here before I, I talk to you folks about what we're going to do at the store. But I think that I'm going to tell you anyways right now, and then we are going to... Uh, resume all this apprehensions on the third hour when we go back to talking about cars because we have money, Mike, on the other side of the hour. So this is what we're doing, Ken. And um, over the last almost 30 years, I know that people don't like going to the car dealership because they like they hate negotiating. They don't they don't want to negotiate. They hate this silly dance of the back and forth and let's go and talk to the manager and make me an offer and if I can if I can give you that payment would you buy the car people hate doing that in at Oakville Nissan uh, in Oakville Infinity for that matter about a year and a half ago we switched to a one price policy on used cars and our used vehicle sales went up by 127 percent folks this is unheard of because this happened in the middle of a pandemic so our sales, our used car sales at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity went up by 127% simply because we went with a one price system. We gave you our best price right up front. So you, did, you didn't need to negotiate right now. If you offer me $50 less, we wouldn't sell you the car because we don't believe that you should be buying a car based on how good of a negotiator you are or paying so much because you're a terrible negotiator and most of you are terrible negotiators. Most people have an over-enhanced um, opinion of their negotiating skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're more terrible than the salesperson on the other side who does this for a living. And we talk about that all the time. <laughs> How do you think that you're going to out-negotiate somebody who does this multiple does times a, a week, multiple times a day for the last you know, 15, 20 years? And you might go into one of these negotiations what do you think the average person once every five or ten years maybe and they think they're going once to have upper hands years. once every five years and a lot of people confuse the fact that they, they may be good at doing something else uh they have a career they're professionals and they think that because they're good at that they're going to be good at negotiating you're not believe me you aren't so but also we don't we don't believe that my you know my great you know great aunt mabel should pay more for that car simply because she is not that good of a negotiator in relation to me. So that's, is, is, it was not a fair thing to do. So now we give you our best price right up front. We lower our prices automatically. But you know what's happening right now 
is that we are giving you a one price on all new cars. You see, we stayed away from giving a one price on new cars for a very long time because people were negotiating and they want to beat you down. And, you know, a lot of people don't like dealerships to make money. And I don't understand why that is, but I mean, it is what it is. So after all these years, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity are officially a one price store. You no longer need to negotiate. So we are removing the risk of you ever having to pay too much. Because that's not what the pricing structure is anymore. So that's number one. You don't need to negotiate anymore. Number two, this is something that you've heard me say for 10 years now, and many people are going in this direction. We have no commission salespeople. So my staff is never going to try to sell you something more than what you come in looking for. And if you look for something that we don't have, we will tell you. We don't have all the answers for everyone. So if we don't, we will send you the right direction, and especially people that come and deal with me. Some days I don't have the product that they seek. So I send you to a friend of mine, to another dealer, to another brand. So we have no commission salespeople removing the pressure of you having to make a decision on the spot. It's not something that you want. And number three, for the first time ever, a dealer is combining these three aspects on a new car sale. When you buy... And finance, it's, it's very important that you know this, when you finance a new in-stock vehicle out of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, we will give you a 30-day or 1,000-kilometer room for you to change your mind. If this car is not what you thought, you can come back and exchange it. No questions asked. You can do this once because I can't keep creating used cars because you can't make up your mind. That's not the way it works. But right now, we are removing the fear of buyer's remorse in relation to a new car. This has never been done in combination with these three aspects. We remove the fear of high pressure with no commission sales. We remove the fear of you paying too much because we have a one price store. And we remove the fear of remorse. So now, when you buy a new or a used vehicle from Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, you get what I call the freedom promise. Free from negotiations, free from commissions, free from remorse. Nobody else is doing this. So you can literally now go to the website and click buy and nothing is going to change because our prices are the same all across the board. They're fair prices, they are favorable prices to you and you don't have to get the brain damage of going into a car dealership and going back and forth for three, four, five hours sometimes on a Saturday afternoon when everybody needs to go home and have dinner because you know the number of customers that do that is just insane. <laughs> it seems to happen every single Saturday. Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is Canada's first dual stores that have the freedom promise. We are liberating you for over 130 years of stress, 130 years of perhaps obscurity in a process that you had no idea whether you were paying too much. You are being liberated for the first time. The power is given back to you. We're given the power back. You, the consumer today, this is your money. This is your car. This is your life. You cannot have a dealership telling you what to do and what not to do, what to buy and what not to buy. You can't have that. You come to our store, no one is going to try to sell you anything. You will make a decision when you are ready for it. And guess what? My people are still 
getting paid because they're all salary employees. I have been, I have been waving this flag for a very, very, very long time, folks. And you know, finally, the industry is catching up. And you know, whenever you are you know, breaking new ground, it's hard. You get all the scratches. The bush, you know, just hits you in the face. But you know the advantage is that when you are the ones that's breaking the new ground, you ultimately are the ones that gets to set the path. You get to set the direction. And this is a direction that we've been headed. Wherever I have been for the last 10, 12 years or so, because I do believe that the customer needs to have the control back. Negotiation is based on obscurity. You don't know what cost is. You don't know what you're going to pay. You don't know what averages are. So on that basis, you never have the understanding whether you have been taken for a ride or not. We are removing that from you folks. If you knew how big this is in the car industry today, you would be saying, Bravo! Carrasco! You've done it! <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a small break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And when you come into one of my stores, because you come down all the time due to the show, ask for the freedom promise, for the freedom pricing. And guess what? You will be liberated. We'll be right back after the break. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Uh-huh, uh yeah. Those who know, know. You're tuning in here. This is Canada's largest automotive radio show. Brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Home of the freedom promise. We will free you from commission, free you from pressure, free you from remorse. You have 30 days or a 1,000 kilometers to exchange the vehicle when you finance any new or used vehicle at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. That is insane. No one else is doing it. But those of you that are fans of the show, and there are many of you that are closet fans of the show, you know who you are. I see you. A big shout out to all of you that silent majority of people here in Southern Ontario that tunes into the Carrasco show. They know that that song belongs to the one and only my buddy Money Mike. Money Mike is in the house. Mike, how are you? I, I'm doing. I'm doing really well this morning. It's uh, it's a great day. I love hearing that music. My my kids love that soundtrack. Every time I walk into the room, it's. Uh, I I, I got to get it uh, trademarked. I know it's somebody else's work, but I want to own it. I'm look into that. You're, you're like you're like an Do 80s they play wrestler, whenever Mike. you walk in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got my own Miss Elizabeth on my arm. This is all good. This is all good. The million dollar uh, man. This is uh, <laughs> the. Uh, why are you? Do I want to know why you're so good this morning, or or is it something that uh, should, should stay off air? No, I. You know what? I'm just kind of a morning person, to be honest with you. I slept in this morning <clears throat> till like six forty, and I feel like a king. Um, I don't normally sleep <clears throat> that long, so 
at uh, feeling well and, and nice and and uh, rested. And I don't know, I, I like taking advantage of the morning. I, that's when I get most of my stuff done before everybody else wakes up. So, what time do you go to I, bed, Mike? I, I couldn't. I... Last night I think it was eleven. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's mm. reasonable then. You still can squeeze in about six hours of sleep. That's a, that's enough to function for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know exactly what Mike is talking about. I, I've always been an early riser. Now, you know, what I do find is that I I perform better when I am hungry, <laughs> when I don't have <laughs> enough sleep. I don't know why that is. Maybe Hence it's the, the, uh, is the predatorial alpha predator in me that is like super aware of everything i don't know what it is but uh no, this morning was rough rough Three thirty or so boom my eyes were open i tried to go back to sleep Four ten. now i was i was up and out uh it was about four i don't know four something this morning but uh you know i i, I hear you i get a lot of my stuff done in the morning i read a little i exercise you know just contemplate life and my life choices it, that always happens in the morning. It's um, me time, right? you think of, um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, some people need a lot of it. Uh, and just because it doesn't happen at nighttime, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. You know, we are, um, you know, unlike what some people may think, I'm a pretty big introvert. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, there is a, a condition for what I have because I don't like to interact with people outside of this. Like, I, I don't. I, you know, I get, um, um, I don't like crowds. I don't, I prefer to be alone for the most part. But, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you how much impact uh, the decisions the government is making right now in the province is, is having on you and your business. Uh, you know, and before you answer that question, folks, um, Money Mike is my personal financial advisor. He is the only person that I voluntarily allow to touch my money. And he's been with me for years and years and years and years. And uh, I have done really well by his side. And um, there are so many of you, dozens and dozens of you, who have reached out to him and uh, have asked for his advice. He is, um, he is my money sage. Uh, you can reach him at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762. Again, moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762. His expertise is not available to everyone. And the fact that uh, it's available to you, slackers from Slacker Nation. Makes me super happy, uh, but going back to the question, Mike, how is this affecting the uh, the wealth management industry? Because this this is obliterating uh, businesses in Southern Ontario. Yeah, well, it, it hasn't had an adverse effect on our industry, but it's dramatically changed the way we do business. Um, it, it's a very weird environment for me. Uh, because I can no longer meet face to face with clients. In fact, literally, I have had, I think the number is three face to face meetings in the last 14 months. Um, and, and so, you know, we've, we've had to pivot. We're doing everything through video meetings and phone calls. I have brought in, in the last, I'm just going to say eight months, We've brought in 10 new clients that I have still never met face-to-face. -face. And that's very weird for me. That's, that's not traditionally how we do business. Um, so, you know, it's the same thing that everybody out there is, or a lot of people are, are commenting on. It's saving some money from the perspective of me not driving all over to our offices all over Southern Ontario to meet with clients. Uh, so I'm, you know, mm -hmm. happy for that, thankful for the, the lesser impact on the environment. Um, but, you know, my team, all four members, myself included, of my team 
are working from home. And that's not the way it's supposed to be either. So we're missing out on the, the human interaction, you know, from a, a mental health standpoint, it's not good. It's really mm -hmm. not good. Um, so, you know, that's how it's affecting us. And, and when we come out the other side of this in the next, uh, sorry, what did Doug say? Three weeks? Um, three weeks or, <laughs> or a year and a half, however long it takes to come out of this thing. Um, it, oh, it, it will be, we're going to be doing business very differently. Uh, our company has already come to us and said, when we come back, are you intending on fully returning to the office? And, and a lot of people aren't. I have, uh, I'm not going to mention them by name, but members of my team were like, nope, I'm good to work at home going forward. Because uh, we've really? proven we're able to do it. You know, it, it, it works. It, I don't think it's good from a productivity standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, but we've been able to get through it. It's, well, but it's not a, good. A lot of places, Mike, are going with a hybrid work week now. Where are your feelings on that? Because they think that maybe you could do two days a week from home and then do three days a week at the office. It sort of alleviates a little bit of the commuting time, especially if you live in a more densely populated area like the GTA. Yeah. And if you can be productive at home, there are benefits from going into the office, but certainly some sort of hybrid model might be uh, an efficient way to do it. No, oh, absolutely. I have a team member who lives an hour from the office. Um, and so if, if we can do a, a hybrid model that will mean a little time in the office and more of it at home, they're, they're far more productive that way. And, and, you know, my attitude with my team has always been, you know, as long as the work gets done, I don't care. Uh, you know, be your own boss, manage your time. You want to take a, a two-hour lunch because you want to spend a little extra time with the, with the family, with the kids, or run some errands? Work gets done. I don't care. Uh, so doing that from home, it is conducive to a lot of uh, freedom and flexibility that can have positive uh, effects for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, I don't think I would like to do that. Um, I can't. I'd like to have some sort of structure. You know, it's, you know, it's important to me. I mean, house arrest is, is detrimental to people's mental health. And, uh, yes. you know, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, my son, I don't know if I told you this, uh, my son is um, he's off to law school uh, next year. And uh, he got an internship at uh, uh, my buddy's law firm, uh, which, in my opinion, is probably the best employment law firm in Canada, Lee or Sanfuro. And uh, he is doing that hybrid uh, work week. He's working, I believe, it's four days at the office and one day at the uh, sorry, four days at home and one day at the office is what they're planning to do once the the province opens up. But you know, I, I wanted to uh, pick your brain on something, Mike. Um, you know, earlier in the show, Ken and I were talking about how. The prices have gone through the roof in so many different things. So we we're talking about uh, gym equipment at the time. But I mean, right. you know, food, housing, renting, renovations, renovations of, you know, the prices of everything is going like crazy. You know, even the stock markets, you know, what are your thoughts on all this? And all, it's part of the inflation, the inflation, I guess. But what are your thoughts on, on this increase in prices for a lot of goods and services right now? Well, we've all noticed it, right? I mean, it doesn't take a financial expert to look around and, and recognize that the price of everything that we're buying these days has gone up. Uh, you know, my wife and I are in that same market you're talking about. We'd like to have some, some weights at home to do a little bit of uh, exercising. Good luck in finding them, let alone willingness to pay the, uh, the jacked up prices. But every aspect of the way we spend money um, has gone up in price for for areas you're still able to spend money on 
Um, and, uh, you know, we don't need to wait for government inflation statistics to come out to tell us the price of living has gone up dramatically. So I'll be interested to to see what sort of feedback the government gives on, on what they feel the inflation rate has been this past year. But the cost of goods for everything is is gone up and there are certain areas of the economy that are still not open that we're all going to want to spend money on at some point down the road restaurants entertainment travel and tourism and you know i've been suggesting to my clients and and this is kind of a a financial planning budgeting perspective you need to be prepared for the fact that you're going to it's going to cost you more money to do the things you used to do uh, when it comes to travel there will be fewer providers there will be a huge demand for the services when they open up again and those who provide those services have been taking it on the chin for a year and a, almost a year and a half um, mm -hmm. and they're going to need to cover some of the debt that's built up they're going to need to recoup some of their losses the price to travel the price to go to shows if you're if you're willing to sit in a, a 400 seat theater or go to a, a sporting event again the cost of those services is going to go up and we need to prepare for that in our forward planning and so in, inflation is something that we always build into financial plans but of course we we build them based on averages right on average in the last 20 years inflation has been whatever 2.2 percent so your cost of living mm -hmm. should go up by that every year but there's going to be shocks and and I think those shocks are coming soon so people need to prepare when for do you it. think that uh, we're gonna start seeing those shocks Mike Oh, I, opinion, we're seeing it every day around us, right? Like I said, we don't we don't need the government to announce that they've arrived. They're here. We're paying more. <clears throat> Price of lumber has doubled over the course of this. Uh, home renovations. You know, I, interestingly, I, I talked to a contractor recently and asked asked him, you know, what's what's your experience been with all this rising price? And he said, well, you know, I used to do a job where the cost of materials came in and basically I charged an equal amount for my labor. Whatever the materials cost, that's what I charge for the labor. But the cost of materials has doubled. It's like I, I can't double the cost of my labor. And I said, so what have you? You just keep the same labor rate as before even though the materials has doubled? He said, well, no, I kind of have to increase that too. And I said, what's, come, what's happening from the consumer side? When you've jacked up your prices, not only because of the materials but because of labor, are they pushing back? He said, no, they're paying it. And it's just the, the position we all find ourselves in is you just have to accept the higher prices. But at some point, if this persists, the government has to step in and try to quell that inflation. And they do that by increasing interest rates. And that's when the world gets interesting. That's going to be a, a very harsh realization for a lot of people who haven't done planning and also that haven't done a stress test. Uh, you know, the last time I got a mortgage, I, I remember that um, uh, I think it was three times, um, three times the interest rate. So no, 3%, if, if my, uh, 3 greater rate was, than. I think that's, that's what they right. were doing, 3%, greater, 3 than greater than the current rate. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, if my, if my mortgage was set at, you know, 1.8, 1.9%, and, uh, and I couldn't make my payments at 5%, you wouldn't get yeah. approved. Right. So they are preparing the economy for this right now. And, and that's, that's a pretty scary position, especially if you are 
if you have pushed your expenses to the limit, and it's amazing how budgeting works. Like whenever you get to the limit of your <laughs> of your credit cards, the limits of your bank account, next thing you know, oh, I'm budgeting right now. <laughs> but no one does it before then. <laughs> Uh, nope. you know, I, I think that it's very interesting because I, I don't think that people, a lot of people know um, what behavioral um, money management is. You know, you're a behavioral advisor. And a lot of this stuff has to do with planning, planning for the budget, planning for uh, your savings. And how is this, the current situation affecting people's saving patterns based on what you've seen? Well, there's a lot of people that are saving more money than they ever have before. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of clients and, and obviously there are, there are people out there whose employment has been affected and, and they're not having the same experience. But if you're fortunate enough to, to be in an industry or an occupation where your cash flow or your income hasn't been affected, cash flow and, and cash in the bank has been building up for a lot of these people. And for some of them, it's turning into just increased spending on impulse items. Some of them, they are banking that money and saying, hey, my, my banking account's building up, what should I do with it? So we are getting, and I think that's part of the reason why the price of goods is going up is because people are finding themselves with more money in their pocket. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even if you just think of it from the perspective of people are spending less on gas if they're having to work from home. You know, if, if they're spending less on daycare, if they're having their kids at home, and, and that's not an enjoyable experience for them to have to work and have the kids at home. But if the, the money's yeah, building not, up, they have money to spend. It's certainly not fun. No. No, it's well, not. you know, in a lot of we've we've seen a lot of this in the car industry, uh, Mike. That uh, many people are spending so much time at home right now, not going to the office, that they don't need the second car. So a lot of leases are coming due, and they're not getting renewed. Either that or they're buying the vehicle, which is something that we haven't seen in, in the past. So, and you know, car manufacturers are, you know, keep beating the dealers into going back to uh, renew leases. And, you know, some people just don't need the car anymore. Uh, you know, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show. And uh, with me is Money Mike. He's my personal financial advisor. He is the one that touches my money and has guided me and held my hand through some pretty rough times, especially in the last few years' economy. If you have a call and a question for him, 416-870-1050 is the number, so you can call the show right now, or you can reach out to Mike after the show at moneymike.ca, and his direct phone number is 905-320-6762. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the freedom promise. You don't have to worry about walking into a car dealership anymore. You need to come down and ask for that freedom promise, and we will blow your mind away. It's one of the best things that has happened to the consumer since sliced bread. Let's take a small break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hour two of the Greg Carrasco Show on TSN 1050. I'm your host, co-host, I should say, Ken Stapon, joined by our good friend, Money Mike. Mike, uh, I was talking to something uh, with Greg prior to the show today. I wanted to get your opinions on it. Sure. There have been, well, we often talk about the cryptocurrency and, and you know high-risk investments with a high reward potential. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a story trending this week about a gentleman who basically took all of his life savings, uh, got a very large loan from the bank to the tune of $250,000 and invested it into cryptocurrency. Uh, I think it's called Dogecoin in particular, the one which he invested in and ended up turning it into $2 million, which the author of the story was basically suggesting 
that with the younger generations, based off what we've talked about before, uh, the fact that they don't have as high paying a job or out of the gate, they have student loans, whatever it is, there's a higher tolerance for people to invest in a high risk investment with the potential of falling flat on its face versus an investment that would grow more traditionally over time. I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on that. That is nothing new. Um, there is, there has always been stories of people who get rich quick and there's always, you know, go back even to the, the gold rush of the 1800s, right? Um, you hear stories of somebody getting rich quickly and everybody wants a piece of it and they, they flood in back in the, the 1920s before the, uh, the crash of the Great Depression. Every bellhop and shoe shineman had their favorite stock uh, that they were telling everybody about. They should all buy because they're going to make a ton of money. Get back to the the late 1990s with the tech sector run up. Everybody was in investing in these tech companies, and that's all they could talk about. Look at this great tech company that I bought. And then all of a sudden, they find out none of these companies are making money, and the stock plummets. Um, so there will always be those stories. Uh, the GameStop story, the cryptocurrency story of people who've hit it big. But what you don't hear as much are the stories of the people who got hurt by it. And, you know, for every person who benefits, there are so many people who do not. You know, it's, it's interesting, Mike, because that's exactly the same conversation that I was having with Ken this morning when we were discussing, uh, you know, this situation uh, about his friend or this person that he knows. Uh, that we only hear the success stories. Uh, yeah. We don't hear the tens of thousands of people that are, you know, trying this out without any expertise whatsoever, without any education, without any guidance. And there, you know, those monies come from somebody. <laughs> somebody yeah. lost the money for that money to be available. And uh, that's something that nobody really talks about. Um, but also, I mean, this get quick rich schemes have been around for a very, very, very long time. And uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that that is a uh, it's, it's a good way to look at your future. It's like my, my retirement plan is 649. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well and, and this is, I, I think this speaks more to the difficulty for the younger generation of feeling that they have good employment options available to them, that they're going to be able to become homeowners uh, like the generations before them. I think the fact that so many are looking at these get-rich-quick schemes that... Uh, they're looking at wanting to become YouTube and TikTok and, and Instagram famous where they can be making tens of thousands of dollars a month um, by seemingly doing very little. Um, they're looking to these opportunities because they're just feeling unengaged and disconnected from those opportunities in a more traditional sense. So it's it's not... It's not a good environment. So, you know, for, for those people, and maybe someone's going to call in on the show today and, and feel free. Uh, they're going to tell their own cryptocurrency story and, <laughs> and how well they did. Let me suggest this to you, that I have absolutely no problem with people taking a shot at doing these things. But before you do that, make sure you are saving your 15% towards your retirement. Make sure that you're funding your kid's education. Make sure that you're not amortizing your mortgage over 40 years. If you're doing the things that you need to be doing and you're paying the bills and you've got some more money that you want to throw at one of these 
taking taking your shot at making some quick money I've got absolutely no problem with it whatsoever do the things you need to do so that you have the luxury of doing the things you want to do uh, and I, I think it's, it's very crucial uh, for people to understand that if you if you are doing the right things and you have enough money that you can play with uh, you know, by all means, I mean, that's, this is not something that you have ever really uh, advised against. But again, you know, jumping into a world that you don't know much about, thinking that you're going to, you know, hit gold um, is, is the reason for a lot of people, you know, losing money out there. And, I, you know, I, and I see very young people now with apps and those robo investors, uh, and they, they, they do this as a, as a pastime with their monies, and, and it's pretty scary. But, you know... Uh, over the last uh, few weeks, we've, we've had uh, a series of shows in relation to different decades and different approaches. And last week, we decided to uh, dive a little bit into Greg's dumb questions because, I, you know, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I have so many, so many dumb questions. That, uh, I, and I want to revisit this because there's a few more, and there are three that um, I want to address with you today that okay. um, in my lifetime, I have always thought that they were good ideas. But I never really took the time to ask you, Mike. And, and folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, I have Money Mike uh, with me in the show right now. And he is my personal financial advisor. If you want to reach him you know, after the show, you can send him an email at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762 if you need some guidance towards your retirement, if you came across an inheritance, or if you just came across a large amount of money and you don't know what to do with and you want to keep yourself away from it which is what I try to do, <laughs> uh, you might want to talk to Money Mike. He is, uh, he's one of the wisest money people that, that I've ever known. And on that basis, he keeps me in the right sort of things. So, you know, my next dumb question for you, Mike, is this one. Are actual RSP homebuyer plans a yes. good idea or not? <laughs> is it a good idea to borrow money against your RSPs if you're a first-time homebuyer? Because house prices is going so high. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of young people don't have the opportunity to have the down payment. So is it a good idea or not? Well, you know, whether or not it's a, a good idea, it's unfortunately one of the only ways that, that young people today are able to buy a home by borrowing money from their RSP. And so it is, it is a bad idea from the concept of what it costs you from an opportunity cost down the road. Think of it this way. At today's interest rates, and we have to recognize mortgage interest rates are as low as they have ever been. You know, as you quoted earlier, if you're talking about a 2% mortgage, I mean, who thought we would ever be talking about 2% mortgages? But, you know, you can borrow under the home buyer plan up to $35,000 from your RSP without having to pay tax on the withdrawal and use that for your home. Now, $35,000 extra on your mortgage at a 2% mortgage saves you about $150 a month per, I, I, that, that's, that's it on your mortgage payment. So, you know, I would mm -hmm. suggest if your, if your mortgage buying or your home buying is so tight that $150 <clears> is <throat> a difference between being able to afford a house and not, you're probably running the margins too thin and you're, you're really exposing yourself to some risk. But the, the reality is $35,000 only saves you $150 a month. So what does that $35,000 cost you? 
That's the bigger question. And, and I read an article just this week that actually suggested we may be entering an era where the down, being able to have a down payment on a, ho a home is an unreasonable expectation. I mean, imagine 20% down payment on, on a house today. Literally housing in the, in the Toronto area has increased by more than, I think it was $170,000 in the last year. The average home price has increased. So try to get 20% of that large number. 20% of the increase alone is that $35,000. So it's really hard for, for young kids. So more and more they're having to look at, can I get a house without a down payment? I have very, very little to nothing. I'm going to mortgage the whole thing. So it's a scary you know, proposition. If I, can, if I can stop you there for one second, I think that, uh, you know, I understand what you're saying about the fact that $35,000 are only going to save you $150 a month on, yeah. on a mortgage. But I think that that's not the way that people are looking at this loan. I think that they're looking at the loan to compensate for the lack of down payment because without this down payment, you can't get a house. So they're not looking at reducing the mortgage payment. They're just looking at being able to get in the game, period. Yep. And, and I think that from that perspective, do you, do you change your perspective on this uh, if you're looking at it from that side? It's, you know, you're, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place on that one. Um, and, uh, you know, when I look at the opportunity cost, and, and you know, we've talked about this before, $35,000 invested at an 8% return for 40 years adds up to three quarters of a million dollars. So, you know, I would love it if you were in the position to leave that 35000 in your RSP and just know that's potentially $750,000 towards retirement. I'll find a way to come up with the $150 a month myself. But you're right. If you've got no down payment, how do you come up with it? And so, you know, this is the catch-22 of the government making this available means some people have been able to buy a home that weren't able to before. And at the same time, the government is making it possible for you to totally hinder your retirement. How do you balance that decision? I, I don't think it's worth $150 a month, uh, but if you have no down payment and you need to get, to, and you're, you're looking to get into a home, it, we're now talking about a lifestyle decision. So this is one of the things that I, I always talk to my clients about, as you said, from a behavioral advisor standpoint, my job is to crunch the numbers. I have, try to help you make the best financial decision, but oftentimes there is an emotional decision involved in the the question before people and i can't tell people how to feel about things they, they've got to go with their gut all i can do is help guide them through it to make the best decision possible it's it's um, tough and, and and i understand that now some details on this uh if there are listeners here that uh, have kids and they're trying to help them through life because i mean if if that's if that's not your job as a parent i don't know what else is um how long does the government give you to pay back this RSP loan if you were to go this route? 15 years. So you get, uh, you get the grace year of the year you borrowed it and the next tax year, and then come year number two, you have to start repaying, and you have to repay it over 15 years. So you know that is also part of the equation. I saved myself $150 a month on my mortgage payment, but guess what? Two years mm -hmm. later, now I'm having to repay the money that I borrowed. And that's adding to my cash flow commitments. Did it really save me $150 a month? Probably not. So you, you wouldn't recommend it? I would highly recommend avoiding it if you are in the position to do so. <laughs>
If you can, don't do it. That's that. It's that simple. Fair enough. You know, I, I, I hope that uh, you know this resonates because I've, I've gotten some emails and phone calls about this before, and um, a lot of people didn't know about this until we started to talk about it here on the show. So I think that some clarity on this, you know, has been welcome. And again, it's one of those dumb questions that I have because I, you know, I keep talking to young people about this. The, the down payment is the absolute biggest challenge. And, uh, you know, and I understand why that is. You know, look at it this way. When I first moved into Oakville, my first house in Oakville um, was $260,000 in the year 2001. <laughs> right now, you need that as a down payment for a house in Oakville. Yes. Which is, you know, when you put that in perspective, it's just unbelievable what has happened in the marketplace. So, you know, when, when the house is, for most people in Canada, is the largest investment that they have, you know, it's, it's something that you may not want to stay out. But, uh, you know, the next silly question that I have for you is this. What about speculating on Bitcoin and hot stocks? I know that we, we touched a little bit on this when, when Ken asked you about his friend doing crazy things. Um, you know, let's say that you have a large amount of money right now that's available to you, and they say, Mike, you know, take control of my life right now. I'm, here is half a million dollars, uh, but I want to put it in Bitcoin or hot stocks. What would be your answer? I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Half a million dollars on speculation, that's that's not what the clients that I'm working with want to do. And uh, I'm, I'm not willing to take that responsibility on behalf of a client. Uh, you know, I, I literally remember a story, this is going back more than a decade ago, of a guy who wanted to do something very much like that and went to a broker and wanted to take a huge risk with his money and as they're filling out the application the client said I'm not going to initial these acknowledgement sections you're asking me to initial um, and I'm not going to read the prospectus for the investment that you want me to read because if this thing turns south I want to be able to say I had absolutely no knowledge of the risk I was taking and <laughs> Seriously, he and that advisor, they had a little chuckle, but he said, nope, nope, you can have the money and you can, this is where I want you to invest it, but I will not acknowledge these things. I will not take responsibility for it. Sure enough, the investment turned south and he sued the advisor and he won. Wow. Even with all of the, the conversation and notes they had that, that told what he was doing. So, you know, I, I'm not willing to take that risk on for my client. There be, may be people out there who want to do it. And, you know, Ken's story about the person taking all of his life savings and borrowing another 250000 and it worked out for him. Good for you. Um, not my monkey, not my circus. So, you know, it's amazing how many people you turn down uh, <laughs> when when people come to you with the wrong idea about what they want to do with their monies. You know, what would be, and again, these are just some silly questions that come up as the conversation goes along. You sure. know, what would make you say no to somebody giving you money other than the fact to say, here, I want to take a big risk and uh, I expect a large reward uh, because that's not what you do. What would mm -hmm. be other reasons why people wouldn't want to, you know, get in touch with you? Well, you know, one of the things that I insist upon is building a, a full and comprehensive plan for people. And you know, if you're not interested in doing that, if you're just looking for me to invest money because you want to make money, again, I don't have control over the markets and I'm not willing to take on that, uh, that, that situation because it is akin, in my mind, to going to a doctor and saying, give me this medication, but I'm not going to tell you anything about my medical history. 
Um, and, and I don't think there's a doctor out there that would be willing to do it. And, and likewise, I, I don't want to take responsibility for your financial outcome if I don't understand your financial situation. Um, but, you know, on the other side of that coin, there have been plenty of people who build a full financial plan with me and they determine this is what I need to do in order to get where I need to be, but then they don't take the actions necessary to get there. So I say, okay, well, if you're not willing to take these actions, then we have to change your objectives. And they said, no, 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 that's what I wanted. That's where I want to be. I say, okay, well, if that's where you want to be, this is what you need to do to get there. Yep, not willing to do it. Okay, well, then there, there's nothing for us to do together. <laughs> you know, um, Mike, and, and this is one of the things that I, I happen to respect the most about you in is is the integrity of the process because yeah. there are many people out there that you give them money and they just take it and uh you know this isn't this isn't what you do and i i was having a conversation with a very dear friend of mine this week in relation to you and what you do and uh you know one of one of the biggest takeaways that i've had you know after dealing with you for all these years is that you know you you ask what is your ultimate goal what is it that you want to accomplish and when and then we determine what life, you know, expectations you may have at the time. And then you work everything backwards. So it brings you to today. And then you can take the actions today that will benefit that person 20 years from now. And I, I find that many, many people don't do this. And, uh -huh. and just because you have a large amount of money available to you, it doesn't mean that it's going to be there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the discussion that I was having with him, was simple. He is, you know, 55 years old. And, uh, you know, he, there was a very, very good possibility that he may be alive into his 90s because, you know, his parents are, you know, long, they have good longevity. And uh, um, there is a possibility that they're going to be around for another 35 years. Will you have enough money to last you for the next 35 years? Because you're only going to be working for 10. So, right. you know, once, once you understand that the the prospect of you being around for another 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and many of those years you are not going to be working, uh, then there is, a, there is a sudden realization, so, oh, maybe, just maybe, I need somebody that knows what they're talking about to hold my hand in the process. And just because you have a large amount of money available to you right now, it doesn't mean that that money is going to be available to you when you need it 20 years from now. Would you agree with that statement, Mike? Oh, that's that's the purpose of doing a plan is to try to to plan for those what ifs and you know having done this now 25 years we've got a lot of experience in in some of the circumstances that, that people can run into that they didn't anticipate and the impact it can have so when you do have those experiences we can tell you how to get through them uh, and that's the purpose of of building a financial plan I you know I the people that I take on, it doesn't mean that they are where they need to be today or that they have the ability to save what they need to save to get where they want to get to. But the purpose of having a plan is to, is to identify when can I make improvements to my situation to get me more on track to where I want to be. And, you know, if it's when the kids move out and our expenses are lower, when the mortgage is paid off and more money is available, um, you know, there... There are times in our life when our financial plan takes a pivot and we're able to work more aggressively toward where we are. So, you know, it's not a matter of looking at someone and saying, you have to be on track today or we're not willing to talk to you. You have to be willing to, to work toward what it is that you say is your objective. 
Um, you, you have to do it, otherwise it's not going to work. But, uh, you know, I want you to hold that thought. Folks, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show, and with me in the studio is Money Mike. He is my personal financial advisor, and if anything that we're saying today resonates with you and you need some guidance to know what to do with your future, to, to know what to do with your retirement, and you have the funds available to do this and protect yourself for the years to come, you need to write this down. His website is moneymike.ca, and you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no-commission salespeople. We'll be right back after the break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no-commission salespeople, and with us, is Money Mike, my personal financial advisor that's kind enough to share his knowledge with my audience here for the last couple of years. And uh, um, many of you have seen the light and um, have come and asked for Mike's uh, advice and counsel. And, uh, you know, Mike continues to help many, many, many of my listeners. So if you need to reach him, you can uh, send him an email at moneymike.ca. Or you can call him at 905-320-6762. And uh, believe it or not, he's another crazy person like me. That is his cell phone number. So he will answer <laughs> the phone call. You know, I, we only have a few minutes left in the show, Mike. And, uh, you know, just to summarize all of this, you know, prices are high on everything out there. Uh, but also, the stock market is hot. You know, you know, what if you have, you know, a certain money put aside? What if you have a few hundred thousand dollars just laying around there. I know it sounds crazy, but the, the number of people that actually have this is, is, is unreal. How many yeah. people are just sitting on opportunity that are not taking advantage? Is this a good time to reach out to you and invest? You know, the question of when to invest always comes down to the time frame for the money. Um, you know, if, if you're planning for your retirement, if, if you're at the start of your retirement and you want your retirement to be for 30 years, or you're 10 years away from retiring, or 30 years away from retiring. You have very long-term time frames. So trying to time the market in the short term, you know, when I, when I sit down with a couple about to retire and I say, how long do you want your retirement to be? And they say, well, you know, we're 62 years old, so we gotta look at at least 25 years, probably 30. Then, you know, when people then turn around and say to me, well, if I invest this money today, where am I going to be a year from now? I said, hang on, you just told me 25, 30 year retirement. Scratch that out and write one year. You know, my <laughs> objective is now one year from now. Then, no, you shouldn't get anywhere near this thing. But if, if you're 25, 30 years out, the best time to invest is now. And I'm not saying that your money will be more, worth more six months or a year from now, because I don't know what the short term markets are going to provide us. But 2020 was a great teacher in short-term timing. And if you look at the results that we've seen because of the pandemic and, and the market correction that we experienced, it was a 35% drop in the markets over the course of a month. 35%. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> but, but here's the scary reality of that. If you had invested at the very peak right before that correction happened, to the end of March of this year, in the U.S., your money would still be up 17% if you had invested the day before the drop happened. You're up 17% in just over a year. If you were lucky enough to have invested at the market bottom, which was around March 23rd, your money would be up 80%. Wow. In, in a year. And if you had invested at any other point in 2020, 
your money is up anywhere from 17 to 80%. And, and that's through a pandemic. So, you know, what does the next six or 12 months hold? I don't know. But I can tell you that if you're invested for the long term, this is the time to, to invest. But do it with a strategy. Do it with balance. You know, have a portion of the portfolio that's in fixed income, especially for retirees, because that's where you're going to pull your income from. Because if the stock market crashes, it's not going to affect your fixed income holdings. Not nearly like the stock market. They'll likely go up. So, you know, pull your income from a stable base, but have some fixed income exposure that if we do experience a market correction, you have the ability to take advantage of it. And so if you had gone through the pandemic crash in 2020 and took advantage of that with your fixed income, anywhere between 17 and 80% would have been your result for doing so. So we can, we can make money when the markets go down. In the meantime, if the markets keep going up, we make money then as well. Over the long run, the stock market makes money for people. And being invested is the only way to have your money grow. So there's no such you, thing you as said, a bad time. You said some, no, there, I, you know, and thank you for that. You know, you said something a little while ago that resonated with me and uh, it's just been there forever now. Uh, the stock market is the only uh, system in which when the prices go up, people just throw money at it. And when the prices go down, nobody wants to buy. Uh, and, and it seems like everybody that, um, that understood that concept that invested in the market when it was down 35%, they are all doing so unbelievably well. Uh, but that only happens when you have somebody holding your hand. And um, Mike, uh, how can people reach you? I mean, what is the best way to, to find you? And how can people get in touch with you? Go to the website, moneymike.ca. Um, you can read about myself and the team. You can contact us. You can access old podcasts and, and uh, recordings of, of the show here and just get a feel for how we do business with people and, and see if it's, it's what you like. You can call me direct with questions. 905-320-6762 is my cell phone. If I'm able to answer it, I will. And if I'm not, I'll call you back. And, you know, I can help you with whatever questions you have. Um, there's no obligation to just having a, a conversation and, and getting some information. I'm, I'm here to help and be a resource for people. Mike, once again, thank you so much for sharing your uh, wealth management wisdom here with the listeners of the Carrasco Show. And I am sure uh, that my listeners uh, will take this to heart. And uh, if they need this help from someone that is an expert on his field, uh, they're going to reach out to you. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to you again sometime in the very, very, very near future. And uh, folks, you can reach, again, I'll repeat his information, moneymike.ca, or you can call him on 905-320-6762. Mike, thank you so much for joining the show, and uh, we'll talk very soon, okay? Canada's largest automotive radio show here, The Greg Carrasco Show, with my friend Ken Stapen. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and right now we are first time in Canada, first time ever. Two stores are putting together an initiative that has not been done in conjunction with each other. We call it the Freedom Promise. If you had access to the newspaper, believe it or not, yes, I put it out in the newspaper, you will see it today. Freedom Promise. Freedom from commission. You don't have to pay commission anymore. Freedom from negotiation. We give you our best price right up front, no questions asked. There is no negotiation necessary. And freedom from remorse. 
So whenever you buy, any, you, whenever, whenever you finance any new or used vehicle at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, we give you up to 30 days or a thousand kilometers for you to exchange it for whatever you want. You know, hopefully it's of equivalent value. If you want to buy something more expensive, you pay, you pay the difference. We still need to get you reapproved to the bank, but you get the freedom of not having the fear of making a mistake whenever you're buying a new or a used vehicle. So we want to make all those trepidations go away. And um, it, is, it is amazing how, how many people are coming down from the radio show here uh, to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity to experience this difference because it's, it, is, it is something completely out of the ordinary. This is not the way traditional car dealerships work. And, uh, and on that basis, this is a pretty special experience. Now, this hour, we've always dedicated it to you. You know, this is, this is your hour. Uh, 416-870-1050 is the number. 416-870-1050 is the number. If you have a car question, if you're buying a car, leasing a car, selling a car, trading a car, anything that has to do with the car industry, if you're thinking about buying something and you're not sure whether you're making a good decision or not, you need to call. Why? Because I will be ruthless with the transparency that I will give you on that advice. And this is coming from three decades of experience, and I am trying to shed some light in dealer operations. So if you want to find out whether you're making a mistake or not, from my perspective anyways, because the car industry is one of the only industries in which people just know better. <laughs> they, they do know better. Do we have Lou on the phone uh, finally? Is, the happy is he capitalist, uh, Lou Skizas. Welcome to the hey. show. Hey, Ken, uh, Greg, great to be with you. Um, you know, I was listening in the first hour as you were holding your Saturday morning at 8 o'clock sales meeting, and you were asking a very mm -hmm. important question, Greg. Uh, you know, what keeps people from acting on a sale or a purchase, I mean, of a vehicle? And I was going to ask you this question. Do you mm -hmm. have a breakdown of how many people come into your shop because they absolutely have to get a car today? They've had a breakdown. They've had enough of their old clunker, what have you. And how many are just kicking tires? Do you have a breakdown on absolutely got to transact and absolutely can wait? Well, I can tell you this, and that's a very good question, uh, Lou. Uh, we normally refer to that metric as the you know, closing ratio. And uh, what has happened over the last, I would say, it's been a trend since uh, digital retailing is, is becoming a thing since the Internet came around. The number of people that are uh, tire kicking has been reduced to almost the non-existent. So if, wow. if somebody makes an appointment and comes to the dealership, taking the time of a salesperson, there is a very, very high probability that they need to buy a vehicle so our closing ratios at oakville nissan and oakville infinity is in the in the 70 percent and higher uh, so you know seven out of ten people will most likely purchase a vehicle after they make an appointment and come and deal with us and we are able to explain to them the value proposition uh, and you know what i have found is that um, the, the the quality of the customer that's coming down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is a pretty sophisticated buyer because they understand what I'm trying to do. You see, this is a this is a very complex thought for somebody that says that says to you, look, negotiation is not a good thing. Negotiation is a trick. So we are trying to generate a, a business a competitive advantage that is based on fairness. And uh, some people might say, oh yeah, no, but I just want to go and fight with you. Then we're not your people. You know, we, we're not going to fight with you. Because we hold all the cards. 
we know the cost, we know the, we know the product, we have the product, and we can say no. So when people show up at the store, there is a level of sophistication of the customer that's coming down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And I'm telling you, Lou, I am a very, very fortunate person because there are a large number of like-minded people, men and women, that are choosing to come down to the store and, and put their trust on someone that has been here on the radio for them for the last 13 years. And uh, it's, it's been fascinating what's happening in Oakville, Lou. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it seems to me, and you were mentioning your newspaper ads. I had another question on that because I read the Toronto Star. And uh, there's an automotive section that your ad is not in. You're in the front section. Mm-hmm. What's the decision on that? Um, I, you know, it was Mahatma Gandhi that said, if the crowds are going one direction, go the opposite way, you have a better chance. And, uh, I, I don't like to follow the crowds. In fact, uh, I don't, I don't listen to, uh, automotive news. I don't read automotive news. I don't, I don't, I'm not connected with the industry from, from an influence standpoint. And I also, I, I we want to set the store apart. What we're doing is different. And uh, for for me to be where everybody else is at is not where I want to be. And uh, whether it's a, you know, it's a philosophical stand on my approach to the car industry, so be it. But uh, no, I I made the decision of not being there. Okay. Well, I just wanted to know what the strategy was, and now I understand it better. Thanks a lot, and continued success, my friend, and happy capitalism. Thank you, Lou. We love you back. And that, again, every week uh, you call in with some of the, you know, the most interesting questions that we get here on the show. Thank you, Lou. And I'm sure that we'll talk to you next Saturday. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, going back to what we were saying here, Ken, um, I, I think that there is a lot of questions that people have in relation to a transactional perspective of the car industry that still keeping people away from coming in and buying a vehicle. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, with myths, with ideas that are no longer valid, they, you know, a lot of the these ideas were uh, were determined many, many, many years ago by your dad or your grandpa or people before then or your uncle that went to a car dealership at one point and had a bad experience, and then for the rest of their life, car dealerships are a bad place. When the reality is that car dealerships have changed considerably uh, ever since the the introduction of the internet, and this is you know close to twenty years now. Um, now, car dealerships are not what they used to be. Uh, also, our regulatory bodies, whether it's the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, the Canadian Auto Dealers Association, or, uh, Canadian Auto Dealers Association, or the Trillium Auto Dealers Association, um, in, in the lobbying that they do uh, to push forward legislation, to push forward guidelines, to push forward ethical guidelines that you know people need to comply with, uh, is something that is very seldom understood. And uh, whenever you are in, when you have the intention of working in the car industry, you need to take a course and pass a test on the laws and ethics of the car industry. And not everybody passes. And uh, I, I think that just the fact that we need to have a course under our belt before you even get the opportunity to work at a car dealership tells you the direction the car industry is going, at least in Canada and Southern Ontario. Uh, and, and for your safety, um, Ontario is one of the most heavily regulated car selling jurisdictions in the country. You have no idea the hurdles that we need to jump in order to make sure that we are in compliance with on the guidelines, with uh, with advertising guidelines, with selling guidelines, and uh, we we need to keep this so tight that we don't want to expose ourselves. 
uh, into harm's way. Now, and all this goes out the window when you go and buy a car privately because they are, they have no guidelines and they can say whatever they want. And the number of horror stories that I hear every time uh, somebody comes and talks to me about selling or buying a used car privately uh, is, is beyond my level of understanding. You know, we've talked about this before, Ken, no? Uh, you know, how many people have horror stories when it comes to buying and selling used cars privately? No, the private sales certainly put the consumer up to or put them in a very susceptible position where they can easily be taken advantage of because a lot of the protections that we talk about that are in place when you buy a car at a dealership are not necessarily in a place when you're buying a private sale and you do put yourself at risk of you know, paying for a product that's not mechanically sound or overpaying what the value is. Uh, certainties that like we're saying at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, especially now, uh, what were we calling it with the freedom, the freedom of the, choice? The freedom promise. The freedom promise. Now that we have the freedom, <laughs> freedom promise, promise in place, yeah. Once you have that, once you have those protections in place, it's for the consumer to protect them from these things that you expose yourself to in a private sale and even worse situations. Uh, we even talk about oftentimes if you're going to make a private sale, do it in the dealer, do it in the parking lot of a police department. Like bring them there to make sure that you're protecting yourself because even worse than just getting a bad deal on the car, you can expose yourself some, to some pretty nasty things when you're going through a private seller. You can. You like that suggestion, eh? You know, a lot of people don't think about that stuff. <laughs> I bring if that up a lot, yeah. selling a car privately, <laughs> you know, if you're looking at buying and selling a car privately and you want to make sure that you're safe, you know, book the appointment on the parking lot of a police department uh, or of a police station and uh, you are going to know right away <laughs> if you have a live buyer or you have a curbsider that are just trying to scam you, and this happens all the time. Uh, folks, if you have a car question, if you have had a, a good experience with a car dealership, if you've had a bad experience with, with a car dealership, call us. 416-870-1050 is the number. 416-870-1050. There you go. There you go. You <laughs> call got us, it. and we will answer all Ah, you know, it, it does happen from time to time. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. We're going to take a small break, and on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk to you about the top five reasons that people are apprehensive about dealing with a car dealership, whether it's new or used, and the ways that you can do to fight it so you don't feel that way. Let's take a small break, and we'll be right back. If you have a car question or problem, call us, 416-870-1050 is the number, 416-870-1050. We are live right now. The phone lines are open, and we have Frank from Toronto having a question. Frank, how, Hi, how can I you? make your life better this morning? Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. Oh, Quick wow. question. I was always curious about something. <laughs> if I go to an auto mall, and I'm looking at two, three different yeah. vehicles at an auto mall, do I have to go through three salesmen or... One salesman will deal with all the cars because let's say it's one owner owns the whole mall. I was always curious about that. <laughs> no, no, no. The um, every every um, dealership is independently run. So you know, if you go to, for example, the the Sankin Group is is, is huge here in, in southern Ontario. So if you go to yeah. Woodbridge, what's that? I, I, that's what I was thinking. About. I just drove by there the other day. That's why I, I was curious about. Yeah, no problem. So the uh, if if you go to an automobile, every single dealership for, of a different brand uh, is independently run and responsible for their own staff. So no, you you have to talk to three different salespeople. That's the unfortunate thing. Uh, in in Europe and uh, in the U.S., believe it or not, there are. Uh, car dealerships that will have four, five, six different brands inside. Then it's a different story. But Canada is not there yet. I mean, Canada, Canada is a good, 
you know, five to ten years behind what's going on in the United States. Uh, and for that, on that basis, I think it's it's important that uh, that you understand that you need to you deal with the right salesperson. But uh, you're going to have to deal with three of them. So I was just curious. I figured it was one owner, maybe one guy. He bet the sales and benefits from selling more than one brand. That's I was always curious about that. But thank you. No, the, yeah, no, no problem. I mean, you know, at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, my salespeople can sell you, you know, three different types of vehicles. You can buy a Nissan Infinity and use vehicles uh, from one place, but not in an automobile. No, I, I, that that wouldn't work. But anyways, I, I hope that answers your question. Um, you know, automobiles are a funny, funny place to uh, to work. For the last, you know, the vast majority of my car careers was spent on automobiles, and uh, the number of people that used to come in on Saturdays was just insane. Uh, you were allowed to <laughs> allowed to make mistakes that you cannot make when you don't work in an automobile. Uh, there were so many people coming in that guys were just you know feasting on on customers coming, and it was just uh, it, it was just a feeding frenzy. It was not it was not good. Now um, at the at the at the same time, Greg. When you look when at, you look at like, a customer coming into an auto mall, there would be a number of different, obviously, dealerships there. So that would create inherently more competition and sort of less leeway for the salesperson to make a mistake, would it not? Because people would come in the door, and if they don't like you or they don't like sort of the way that you're approaching it, they have the option easily to just walk out the door and go across the street to the other dealership. They do, but I, I think that... Uh, unfortunate. Oh, oh, fortunately, it doesn't work that way anymore, Ken, because the the stat, the industry statistics said that you know, 10, 12 years ago, the average consumer would visit three to five dealerships before they made a decision. Uh, today, they visit 1.3. So, we what we've discovered is that the buying decision has already been made way before the customer leaves their house. So, when when the decision is made, they already know the brand and the car they're going to buy. So now it's just a matter of finding a dealer that will sell them the car and the brand that they want to do business with. So, you know, just because you go to a Toyota store and you don't like the salesperson, that doesn't mean that you're going to go and buy a Honda. It's absurd. The concept is absurd, you know, for you to change the, the, the brand simply because you didn't like a salesperson. It makes no sense. So it's not something that happens anymore. Um, what what a lot of people uh, do these days is that they they will spend 20 to 25 hours of research online, and I use the term research loosely. They they read about it, they watch videos, you know, they see some reviews and so on. So by the time they leave their house, they're pretty well educated on coming down to the dealership and and having somebody help them make a good decision. But you know, let's go back to uh, the conversation that we were having earlier here, Ken, on. Um, on things that make people apprehensive about dealing with a car dealership and, and things that you can do to to curb that those feelings, to curb that behavior, to curb those expectations. And, uh, you know, number five, you know, get into little money for your trade. Believe it or not, it's a huge, huge fear that people have whenever they walk into a car dealership because you never know if a dealership is giving you enough money for the trade or they're simply just trying to give you a number that will make the most money for them when they put the vehicle on the used car lot. Uh, would you would you say that that would be a, a pretty big fear that people may have, uh, Ken? Well, I think compounding the problem, Greg, is something that we talk about all the time. The consumer likes to do a ton of research before they come into the dealership and they go on 
um, Auto Trader, or they go on all these websites, and it spits out a value for your car based off of you know what the mileage is, what condition it's in, uh, all those sorts of things. Now, what the consumer doesn't realize is that that number is usually going to be a best-case scenario. If the dealer is going to buy your car, they still have to make money off the car, so that's going to lower the value a little bit. If you don't have uh, proper records of maintaining your car, if you don't keep track of all the maintenance that you've been doing, then that's going to lower the value of your car. Uh, if you probably likely are walking in say, thinking that your car is going to be you know, worth more than it is, quite frankly. And so that leads to a paranoia from the consumer's perspective that they are not going to get what they is presumed to be fair value while also likely overvaluing their assets because they just have less experience. And let's be honest, people that own things think that it's inherently <laughs> worth more than it is a lot of the time. You know, and, and this is a big problem that happens in the city, Ken. And I, I will tell you an anecdote that happened this week. Uh, a very, very dear friend of mine. And when I say a very dear friend of mine, um, you know, Frank is his name. I'm going to keep the the last name for myself. Uh, Frank, uh, at, at some tank. point in his life, he was part... Uh, Frank, Frank, Frank the Tank? The tank. <laughs> no. You know, Frank the Krusty, you know, he's, he, as a he's gotten so much crustier. I love him, man. Oh, he's goodness. so cranky. I hope oh. Frank is listening right now. <laughs> but Sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I know he does, but I love him. So anyways, at one point in his life, he was part owner of a Nissan Infinity store. So, you know, he's been uh, with Nissan Infinity for a very, very long time. And uh, his loyalties to what I do and to me are so endearing. And uh, I will always have his back no matter where I am and what I'm selling. So at one point... He wanted to get himself a Genesis, and um, we, you know, he bought a Genesis from me when I was working with Hyundai and Genesis, and he loved that car. So, you know, the car is getting older now. He has a few kilometers that, uh, you know, he he decided to trade the vehicle. Okay, and uh, in typical Frank fashion, he went and checked the price of the trade to keep me honest, which I appreciate. You know, trust but check. I, I get it. Uh, so I don't take that personal. And uh, somebody, a salesperson at a dealership, gave him. I, I think the number, don't quote me on this, but I, I can't remember if it was fourteen or $16,000 they gave him for this trade-in. Okay? So listen okay. to this. They gave him twelve, you know, fourteen dollars to $16,000 for the trade. And then when he called me, knowing full well that I'm going to look after him when it comes to his new car, he says, how much are you going to give me for the trade? So we put the trade in our system, and uh, we couldn't get a single penny more than 8500 So we were talking about a six, almost $7,000 delta between what he was almost given 50%. and for what I am seeing, yeah, what I'm seeing that the vehicle is worth. And uh, in the words of Ayn Rand, in, in life, there are no contradictions. Whenever there is a contradiction, you must check your parameters. The chances are that one of them is wrong. So we went looking. And, um, you know, sure enough, uh, what happened was something very simple and something that happens all the time across the city. A salesperson is eager uh, to, to sell you a vehicle, and they will tell you about your trade whatever you want to hear. Whatever you want to hear, they'll say for the trade, just so you can come back and put the deal on paper and then, you know, start the negotiation. That's how it is initiated. But a very good question, and I, I mentioned this before, and these are, these are little tiny gold nuggets that you need to have for yourself in order to protect the integrity of the process if you're not dealing with me, because we have a completely different process for this. 
a very good technique for you to avoid getting played on the value of your trade is the following question. Once you get the trade in value, you ask your salesperson, if I don't buy a vehicle from you, would you be prepared to buy my car for that price? So I'll repeat this. You know, the, the salesperson is going to give you a trade in value. You will ask, if I don't buy a vehicle from you in this store, would you still be prepared to buy my vehicle for that price? If the answer to that is not a clean and unequivocal yes, you need to get out of that store because they're playing games with you. And what I mean by games is this, they are inflating the value of your trade to placate your feelings, to make you feel better because you are too sensitive and your feelings are going to get hurt if the truth comes out as to what the value, the true value of your trade is. But that doesn't help you because those monies just don't disappear. They have to come up from somewhere. So if somebody is giving you two, three, four, five thousand dollars more than what your trade is actually worth, that means that there is monies that are not going to be taken off the price of another vehicle that you're buying. The outcome is the same, folks, but one is based on integrity, the other one is based on games, and that is not what you want. You want to remove intuition, you want to remove feelings you want to remove any gaming when it comes to buying a vehicle you we have a good this is the price this is what we're selling it for you have a car this is its value and it's not my opinion this is what the system tells us that your vehicle is worth you know in, when I got rid of the position of used car manager at my stores about six or seven years ago everybody thought I was crazy because it was not a thing. We don't have used car managers at our stores. We believe that now we have systems in place that don't make mistakes. It, it is amazing what happens when you have data systems or databases that compile all the information within the pertinent marketplace that will allow you to give you some guidelines as to what the trading value is. We know what your vehicle is worth without having my opinion involved, without having my proclivity to buy or pay more for a, a specific type of car that I like to drive and so on and so on. So you are fully protected. And on that basis, when you go in and trade in your vehicle, and you ask that question and they don't and they tell you no 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 we we only give you that money for that trade if you buy in a vehicle from me that's not a good sign folks second it is important that you get a copy of the actual market report if you get a copy of the market report you should be able to make a decision as to whether this is fair or not and this is something that we do today we call documentation is the new negotiation i don't need to negotiate with you i just need to give you the documentation that is going to back up all my assumptions and that's what you need to have next fear of bias remorse it's number four on my list of, of some of the biggest problems that people have whenever they walk into a car dealership and buy a vehicle new or used what if I make a mistake you know it's, it's something that will drive you nuts and, and that is, again, it's a fear of commitment. Uh, you know, well, some people just don't, can't deal with the fact that they have to make a permanent decision that is going to last you for the next, you know, three to ten years, depending on how long you keep the car. So fear from buyer's remorse is something that is there. And uh, unless you've done this before and you've gone through the process of buying cars, it, it is very, very common with new buyers, with new drivers, people that are buying the first vehicle, they go and shop and look at so many vehicles, Ken, that confusion sets in at one point. 
and it doesn't matter what you buy, you are not going to like it. You are going to second guess your decision. So my advice to you is two things. Number one is that try to not do that. Um, what do they call that in psychology? They call that the paradox of choice. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, when quite you possibly. Have so many choices. You can't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the. Ex- I'm not sure what the exact name of it is, but yeah, it is an issue. And it's like we face it every day when you walk into the grocery store and you have to make the choice between the 30 different kinds of tomato sauce that they have available now. Now, but the consumer has to do that with the car now. It's less consequential when it's just your dinner that's on the line. It's much more consequential, like you said, when you're buying this vehicle and you're going to be driving it for the next three to 10 years. So it certainly is easy for the consumer to feel like they may have made the wrong decision after pulling the trigger on on a deal. So with that mindset, folks, if you ever feel that your fear of making a decision or buying the wrong vehicle is going to come in the way of your peace of mind, we have developed the solution, and we're going to talk about this as as we finish the hour. And again, you know, if you have a car question, if you if you have if you have a challenge for me on this, and you want to call me, four one six eight seven zero ten fifty is the number. Again, four one six eight seven zero ten fifty is the number. There are no silly questions uh, when it comes to cars. When it comes to asking me anything about everything, uh, we are open to have any sort of conversation. Um, the topic this morning is taking us this direction because we, we will concentrate on cars. And uh, again, uh, you know, TSN has always been a broadcasting station. So, you know, for the most part, people don't call TSN to talk to <laughs> the personalities that they have there. So this is a new format. And um, we're trying to develop this this constant feedback from listeners uh, that have questions that are relevant to them. Uh, I know that there is a car in your life, and you may have always had a question about your vehicle or the car industry or car dealerships, and this is your opportunity. It's a free forum, and uh, we will give you just straight goods. This is what we try to do. 416-870-1050 is the number. Now, you know, buyer's remorse, we're going to eliminate it, and I'll tell you how. Number three. In this, out of all the fears that people could have when buying a vehicle, Ken, this is the only one that could potentially be a problem. And I, other than just dealing with a good dealership, I have not been able to find an actual solution to it. And number three on my list of make people apprehensive of buying a vehicle is people are afraid of being sold a lemon. Um, those okay, so, of you that have had a lemon. <laughs> so, so first off, first off, define a lemon because I'm not sure that all the listeners know what a lemon is. I know I didn't know until you told me what it was off air. Uh, a lemon is just a disaster. You buy the car, and there are glitches. There are electrical gremlins, as my buddy Tom says. Uh, there, there are problems with the car that you just cannot explain, and you can't make them go away. And uh, you know, five, ten thousand kilometers down the line, uh, your valves start ticking, or your suspension gets shot, and so on. And there is, and there is no way, you know, because I, I got to tell you this, folks. Whenever, whenever a vehicle comes down to the dealership, and we decide that the vehicle is optimal for retail because there are wholesale vehicles that we will not keep keep it's too much of a risk i don't want to come back i don't want to do it so we 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 retail them um uh, pardon me we wholesale them through auctions you know we don't deal with wholesalers at at my store because i do believe that 
in free market enterprise. And also, that whole system is a little bit questionable sometimes. There are some really good guys out there, but um, there are many that aren't. So I don't want to expose my operation of dealing with that system. So I use the auctions to get rid of vehicles. Uh, on that basis, we, when we make the decision of keeping a vehicle for retail, the vehicle goes into the shop and we do a recondition and report. Now, you see, the service department gets paid for every single thing that we find wrong with the car. And if it's wrong, they'll fix it because that's how they get paid. So never intentionally a dealership will omit the repair of a vehicle that has gone through the shop unless there was no possible way that we would have known this. So there is the unknown on cars, when problems, and it's also the unknowable. There was no way that we didn't know that we didn't know. And on that basis, it's very, very difficult to mitigate on this. Do we have another phone call here, uh, Ken? Yes, we do. Uh, let's go to Gino from Newmarket. Gino, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Yes, hello. Hello, Gino, Greg. I've been listening to your show for years, and it's been uh, awesome. You and Mike have been very, very good. My question to you is, I have used APA for the last maybe yeah. five or six vehicles, and I find that yeah. I just go into a dealer, I've got a price, there's the admin charge I pay, and I'm out the door. Uh, what do you yeah. think about APA? I think that they, they, they served a purpose. Uh, I think that uh, uh, there was a time in which it was absolutely necessary. Today, most dealerships, you know, fall within the guidelines of the APA. I think that they, uh, uh, they do protect the rights of the consumer. I, I do think that there is a place for them in our society right now. But I think that you, know, you are just as safe today if you walk into a dealership and ask for the dealership to look after you. There aren't very many guys out there that uh, are going to take advantage of the consumer. I mean, you will always find those guys, and I happen to work very shortly for a dealership that did that. But, uh, you know, the APA is a, it provides safety, and safety through information. And this is something that is often overlooked when it comes to the negotiation. The problem that people have, uh, Gino, with the APA is that you get the APA pricing, you get costs, you know, you get all your standard fees, and then people want to negotiate on costs because people don't believe us. They don't believe that what we, when we show you cost, it's actually cost. And that creates unnecessary uh, friction between the consumer and the dealer when it's completely unnecessary. Have you found, do you believe when invoice is given to you? Well, I'm going to tell you some, something. I am always armed with the actual APA costing and of all the yep. vehicles that I want to buy, whether it's me, my sons, or my friends. I said, look, you cannot go wrong knowing full well that there's a dealer out there that's willing to give it to you at this price, and this is their mm -hmm. profit. And you see what their profit is, and I believe that they should be making a profit. And you would be shocked, Greg, how many times, actually, I would say 100% of the time, I will walk in there, and the price is like a few thousand more. I mean, every time. And then I pull out the APA, and they go, yep, no problem, we're going to match it. I go, Why? Do I still have to play this game? Why? Uh, actually, you see, here, here, here is the thing, Gino, and, and uh, you know, this is a very interesting phone call because I appreciate what you're saying. Um, 
the game is not being played by the dealer. The game is being played by you. Because the moment that you want to pay less than what the vehicle is supposed to be sold for, this is something that you want to do. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on a second, Gino. dealer willing to sell the car at a specific price. And I've got it. Yes. So now uh, you walk in to my closest dealer, which is the best thing. I don't want to go to Toronto, let's say, but I go to my closest mm-hmm. dealer, and they'll... Mm-hmm. Give us a price, and then once I pull out the APA, they have no problem matching it. And the game's being played by the dealer, not me. Okay, so let me let me ask you something, Gino. Okay, you know, hear me out. Hear me out. Just hear me out for a second. If you can make two thousand dollars on a sale, or you can make five hundred dollars on a sale, why would you want to make five hundred unless you had to? Wow. In, in, it's, an, in, it's an honest so question. You're still saying that de- dealers still play this game then? Of course. <laughs> Every day. And this is one of the reasons why so we are changing the process. This is the reason, Greg. Why should I trust the dealers then? Well, you don't. So you do your research. <laughs> but this is, <laughs> yeah, you, this, is, this is what you're selling every single show. Is that That's you right. have the best the best price right up front? Now mm-hmm. is that just Greg, or is that half the dealers, some of the dealers? I every every store Gino is independently owned. That's just Greg. That's just Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. I you see, I have no influence on other dealers' business practices. I have no influence on that. And you see, here's the thing. The moment that you get into the negotiation factor that you're talking about, Gino, um, you know, it creates such an unnecessary adversarial uh, relationship between the customer and the dealership. And oh, the, the reality is this. adversarial start from? I know what uh, because APAs provided me a dealer that's ready to sell this car yeah. at this price. And and then I walk into my local dealer, and they have mm-hmm. a higher price. So who's adversarial? I'm basically telling them I could get it for this price. So why why would that be adversarial? Where I actually have a because market price that's a dealer that's willing to sell it at this price. And until they actually look at that, they will insist on their price. Once they see the APA pricing, then, okay, mm-hmm. we'll do it for that. So I have to okay. believe then that there's still play in the game. And, and that's absolutely unfair to the actual consumer. So the actual consumer um, you know, now... Gino, hold on a second. Gino, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Gino, I, you know, I'm going to answer this, and I, I, I need to have some time to be able to answer what you're saying, okay? So we're going to go for a small break, guys, and uh, I'm going to answer Gino on the other side. Gino, thank you so much for that question, and I'm not going to leave that one alone because it's, it's important that people understand what's happening here. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the freedom promise. No commission, one price, no remorse. You get 30 days or a thousand kilometers for you to decide whether you made the right decision when you finance any new 
or used vehicle at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back after the break. And in the true spirit of Slacker Nation, all of you slackers have been sleeping this morning and they all wake up right before the show is about to end and you start the most interesting conversations <laughs> right before we end the show. Folks, don't forget, the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with Ken Stapon is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of not only the no commission sales people, but now of the freedom promise. No commission sales, best price right up front, so no negotiation is necessary again. And also you have a 30-day exchange policy or a 1,000 kilometers. When you finance any new or used vehicle, there is no other dealer in the country doing these three things at once. We are literally removing the risk of you buying a vehicle. I will make it unreasonable for you to go and buy a car anywhere else. I'm going to respond to Gino. <laughs> we got a caller here in the break that didn't want to say this on air. Uh, he was asking if he, uh, if he takes an APA pricing when he goes and buy groceries at the grocery store. You know, for some reason, Ken, <laughs> you know, the car industry is one of those very few industries in which people just refuse. They just refuse to allow the dealer to make some money. They refuse to. And look, there are many companies like that. You have the APA, you have a Car Cost Canada, and there is a few, uh, the Armada Corporation, I think, I, I can't remember the name. Um, there are companies that will provide you services for a fee. And there are some dealers that choose to be part of that. Um, and, um, and I respect that. This is the beauty of free market enterprise. And you as a consumer, you have the choice of if you want to beat a dealer down to the point that they make no money and you become a persona non grata, go ahead. It's okay. You can do it. But you see, you can't expect to buy the vehicle at cost and then be treated like a king. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And if you have the delusion that it does, you need to really reassess your parameters because dealers need to generate a certain level of profit to keep the, the, the lights on. We need to pay the people, the people to serve you when the time comes. Now, if you don't care about that, then that's a whole different conversation that I'm not probably going to have on air. But we have Chris from Barry. Chris, how can I make your life better this morning, if I can? Yeah, no, I, I, was, um, I like the concept of all-in pricing. I like how you run the dealership. I want to come and, and be your customer. It's not necessarily convenient. But when I, when I decide on a car or a vehicle and mm -hmm. I, I have a trade, if I take the trade to several dealers, that price that they give me can vary. And why wouldn't I, as the consumer, go to several dealers of the same manufacturer and offer them my trade and see who's going to give me the best price? Does that make sense? Like, of course. And, and, you see, yeah. and, and, and some, I'll tell you the inconsistency there. I went to three dealers, mm -hmm. and they all wanted to give me a – we're talking about buying the exact same trim level of car and price, mm -hmm. but the, the trade, the price of what they gave me varied per location. And why wouldn't I, as the consumer, want to go to the best price on the trade? Now, what was the, what was the gap? What was the difference between one dealer and another? Well, you know, and in some cases, it was like $1,000. You know, like uh, – and okay, I was, so don't they all – wouldn't they all use the same software? To decide the value uh, of the, yes, of but the you, item? Yeah. So look at it. Look at it. And that's a very good question, Chris, and I appreciate what you're saying. Now, you see, a lot of people extricate the trade as a standalone aspect of the transaction. The value of your trade has absolutely no relevance on the transaction until you see what the bottom line is between all the stores.
So yeah. there is nothing okay. that stops you from getting the highest number on that trade because the chances are that somebody's playing games with the trade value just to gain your your trust, to gain your favor yeah. when it comes to the negotiation. But you know, when I said to people before, if you if you go to a dealership and they're not prepared to buy the trade for the money that they're giving you, they're not giving you true value for the trade. So you know what right. ends up happening is that you know whenever you have look at it this way, uh, you know, Chris. Whenever you have somebody getting paid on how little discount you get, how can you expect that discount to be big? Do you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and that's the, you, that's you the know, problem I, I with, I, with commission. Go ahead. I, I just think that you're, you're, on, you're on a bit of an uphill battle because a lot of the industry, the consumer perceptions, uh, you, you're, you're trying to fix it and you're doing a really good job. I love your show. Um, but there's a lot, of, a lot of misconceptions in the consumer mind about the car industry, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, of course, it, you're, of you're, course it does, yeah. Chris. But you know, yeah. uh, the uh, one of the things that I've dedicated my the later part of my career is is to remove a lot of this apprehensions that people have about car dealerships. You yeah. know, the the vast majority of dealers that I know, Chris, are really good people, and I totally. I, I belong yeah. to uh, assemblies. I belong to. Uh, organizations and associations of dealers and we all get together and we share ideas as to you know what better office we can bring into the marketplace what can we do to have better customer satisfaction index and all these things that are all customer uh, oriented and the consumer still has this crazy apprehension because a few bad apples that they've come along the way when the reality yeah. is this look you know if the markup on a car at full list right now Chris is probably if you take an average, it's going to be 8%. Yeah. The average dealer right now in the GTA, and this is an actual fact, is retaining 2% profit margin on a car. 2%. Yeah, that's after, that's after and all people your still costs, want to negotiate with them. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, that's after all your, all your big capital costs. You have a facility, oh, you've got No, salary, no, 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 got, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. No, this is. I'm talking. This is gross profit. This is not net profit. The average okay. dealer in Canada right now, after the pandemic, is running at a one percent, or I think it's one point one point three percent ROS. Wow. You know, you most dealers are better off selling their properties, getting the money, putting it in the stock market, and they will generate yeah, yeah. more net profit than they generate by selling cars. But unfortunately, that's not how the economy works. But I think that if people knew a little bit more about the dynamics of, that, of a dealership, about the financials of a dealership, people would be surprised. That is not what they think. To give you an example, Chris, and I have to wrap this up, if you were yeah, to sorry. separate the new car department, used car department, parts and service independently, most dealerships, new car department would go out of business within two months because most yeah, new sure. car departments are running at a loss. Yeah, yeah, scary. <laughs> so anyways, I, you know, I, I appreciate and thank you so much for listening to the show, Chris. I, I, I appreciate you. your loyalty you know, you, you, and you uh, great, I, I hope that I shed some light job. on the question. You, you do a good job. Thanks, thank man. You. I, I appreciate thank it. You. Thanks, man. Wow. I love this. I, I was born to do this just to have healthy, heated debates about something that I know so much about. <laughs> you know what I mean, Ken? Hey, listen, uh, this is why we do the show every Saturday morning. It's the largest automotive show in Canada, and we open up the phone lines so that people can come with their questions and ask somebody who's been in the industry for 20-plus years their expertise, and you're able to share it with the listeners. So that's uh, 
that's the whole reason that we're on the air waves to begin with. And we always appreciate the engagement from uh, Slacker Nation. And folks, don't forget the announcement that we made today at, at, on, on the show is, is something that is going to change the landscape of the way cars are sold in Ontario and hopefully across the country. For the first time ever, two stores are doing this. We call it the Freedom Promise. Not only we have the no commission sales that we have been talking to you about for over 10 years, now we have on new and used cars, new and used cars, we have a one price policy. We no longer negotiate with you. We give you a pre-negotiated price that will always be fair to you. I promise you, it will always be fair to you. And we will share the metrics with you when you come down. So you don't have to ever worry about paying too much for a car. And number three, which is the game changer, for the first time ever, you have a dealership here that is combining these three things. You can, when you finance any new or used vehicle out of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, when you finance any new or used vehicle out of Oakville Infinity, you get a 30-day or a 1,000 kilometers to exchange the vehicle if you don't like it. For the first time ever, this is happening. Folks, I mean this. I will make it unreasonable for you not to consider my stores during your car buying process. I have an awesome team. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by Oakville Infinity and Oakville Nissan. There is definitely something happening there at Oakville Nissan dot com <laughs>